Hey, what's good, Pine Tar Nation? This is your host, Gonzo, with your co-host, Ricky V. Say what's up. Hey, how's it going, everybody? On this podcast, all we do is talk about baseball. Baseball, dingers, whatever it is you want to talk about. As a matter of fact, we want you to join that conversation. Join us on our Instagram at Pine Tar Pod. And leave us a comment. Leave us questions about anything you want to talk about that that involves baseball because that's what we do here. Also, leave us a review also on wherever you listen to podcasts at. Don't be like Acuna's ankle and come back next year. So other than that, let's talk some baseball. Let's talk baseball. V, the Astros, what in the world are they thinking? Please explain to me because I'm about to flip a table. Why in the world are the Astros, no Astro player, is going to be in the All-Star game? Well, I don't, honestly, in my opinion, my honest opinion, I think it's because they don't want to get booed very, very loudly. Period. I think that's all it is to it. Okay. I don't, I don't think they want to okay. go through besides it. Besides the booing. Okay. Besides the booing, I need to hear your, because I have a very big statement about this. So I want to hear your perspective on, besides the booing, what else you think is going on there? Okay. Um, well, okay. I, I don't think, well, maybe you're, you're thinking very differently about this, but I don't think there's anything extra. I think that's all it is. I think... They've been hearing it all season, right? Now they're going to Colorado in the All-Star game and national TV, right? That means every baseball fan out there is going to watch them get booed, period, right? Internationally, because not everybody watches Astros games. Only Astros fans or whatever team they're playing against that day. But now everybody is going to see you get booed. I just don't think they want to do it. And then the whole stadium. The whole stadium is going to be booing at you. It's not half and half, right? It's the whole stadium. Because not only that, like, I don't know if you remember a couple games before, you know, they were kind of, uh, they were playing the Yankees the last season before the All-Star break. And there were, there were some, there were some words being said, you know, with Aaron Judge and them mocking, you know, the jersey from Altuve. And he finally took off the jersey and stuff like I don't know, but that's that. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. What do you think it is? Okay, well, no, that's what I think it is too. Um, but I'm looking at it in a different way. I'm looking at it in the way of um, of a fan, right? Because as much as they want to admit it or not, you know, the fans that are watching it are not only National League teams. It's not only Colorado Rockies fans. It's not only specific fans that that they don't like or that don't like the Astros. There's also Astro fans. Think about all the Astro fans that are hardcore, you know, Houston Astro fans, and they're not going to get to see anybody. What happens to them? You know, at the end of the day, they're the ones that support them as players. And, I mean, I'm very big on, on you know, how much these guys make. 
money wise you know like they make millions of dollars Correa is about to get paid bank and they're gonna refuse to go to an all-star game because they're gonna get booed like i just don't understand why that's okay now yes they're gonna say because of injury and they want to nurse the injury and make sure they they're healthy for the second half bullshit didn't didn't Atuve hit a walk off like the day the game before the All Star break? Yeah. Um, like yeah, no, that's I agree. It's gotta be something more to it. I like I said, I just don't think they want to be harassed. Period. No, I get that. I get it. But see, if they didn't want to be harassed, then why play the season at all? Because they're gonna get harassed does wherever that they mean, go. They've been does getting that harassed. Mean they're going to not go to Dodger Stadium in August. <laughs> Oh, we talked about this. I'm one. We just saying, about if they don't, if they don't want to go through it, don't go. Don't go to LA in August. Don't go. Look, look. If something happens where it comes to that series and the Astro players are like vetoing out from this series, and they all of a sudden come up with injuries and things like that, like I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna go on a rant. In other words, because like I said, it's not about just them. It's not just about the booing. First of all, I don't think they're in any danger physically, right, from the fans or anything like that. It's just more of an emotional thing, more of a heckling. So, what, like I said, what happens to the Astro fans? What happens to them? Why can't they be at an All-Star game and enjoy their players at an All-Star game, regardless if they're going to get it, booed or it not? It does suck because how can you defend your team when they do stuff like this, right? Like, how can you? No, you how can't. can you? You can't. Like, oh, that's why Altuve and Correa ain't going. Well, because they want to nurse an injury. Like, how can you defend it? All you're doing is repeating what let, they're let saying. Let me tell you like this, though. Let me tell you like this. And this is the best example. One of the best examples I can give. Um, you know, I don't really watch football too much. I actually more. I, I do basketball more. But I'm a Raider fan. Not a Raider, like, diehard where where I know every player and but if somebody asks me hey what team do you go for I go for the Raiders and they've been whack for years and if you look at their fan base Raider fan base is very strong regardless of how bad they are right and that's what I look at is it doesn't matter if a, if a team has done something so bad or a team sucks so bad the point is the fans are there because of the city the fans are there because of a specific player the fan is there because of whatever the circumstances they are houston astro fans regardless of what happened and regardless they're going to try to defend what the astros did as best as possible even if they feel that they're right or wrong it doesn't matter they're going to defend their team and what i mean i don't know i kind of want to see what happened but i i want to see if there's a stat out there that says hey there was a total of 5,000 Houston Astro fans at the stadium. And I I would call out Correa. I'll call out Altuve. I'll call out um, who else made it to the All-Star game from them. Um, Tucker? I'm not sure. But the point is, I'll call them out and say, if you guys don't pay for their flights, for their tickets, for all that, because they didn't show up, because they didn't want to get booed, they better go pay up. Pay all their all their, all their their travel expenses. They better pay them. You know, it's a little, you know, I mean, that's their decision, right? But they're not the only players to opt out. But what makes it bad is the fact that not a single Astro is there to represent them in the All-Star game. 
That's what makes it bad. Because I know. Oh, yeah. uh, no, we understand right, what's happening. Because Mookie Betts opted out. But then there's still like three or four other Dodgers in there. So it's not like it's a big hit. And plus, Mookie Betts shouldn't even be an all-star anyways. But the point is he opted out. Um, hey, I think he heard our podcast, as right. a matter of fact. Hey, remember, guys, listen. Mookie Betts loves our our podcast because um, he heard our podcast saying that he didn't deserve to be in the all-star game. And then he opted out. I think, I think So we it. think at the end of the day. It's yeah. all speculation. Yep. But yeah, I mean, um, I talking about talking about people that uh, don't show up to the All Star game, um, and this is not by choice. Is um, Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, I don't think his um, I don't think he'd be able to play. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, So. Yeah, so I don't know if you saw the play, right? Because he, well, let me describe the play for whoever didn't see it. Um, so he, Acuna plays right field. And there was, I don't, want, I don't want to say a big, long drive, but it was kind of hitting the corner, towards the corner. And he's running. And he does an Air Jordan jump, right? Similar to Air Jordan. And he lands you know, very awkwardly. But to be honest, even even when I look at the replay, it doesn't really look like something bad happened. It was it was weird. Because, you know, I have I had Acuna Jr. in my fantasy team, right? He was one of my best players. And all of a sudden I just get this message and it says Acuna gets carted off the field. I'm like, oh man, what just happened? And I look at it, and I look at the replay, and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Because it didn't seem painful. It didn't seem painful to me. And next thing you know, we get the message out for the season. I'm just like, what? It's It was very out of nowhere. Now, I don't want to consider this. I don't like considering accidents like this. To be one of those, oh, you know, players are getting hurt everywhere because that's that's kind of been a dilemma this whole year. I I put this in a category of a freak accident, right? It wasn't it wasn't that he was running bases and he got a hamstring. It wasn't that he messed up his shoulder. It's just his Air Jordan moves got him there. I, will, I, me personally, I will base it as a free accident, not really a, an injury, even though obviously he's out for the season and almost maybe puts the Braves season in jeopardy already. You know, um, that's actually something I want to talk about because Acuna's injury as a player, it happened. Um, nobody wants to see it happen, but it did. It takes him out for the whole year. And the first question I have, or I think most people have, is what about the Braves? And honestly, with, I don't know if you saw Ian Anderson's injury as well. He's getting his uh, shoulder examined. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, so he's getting his shoulder examined because um, he was feeling, I think he has some inflammation in there. But the point is, you see all this happening with the Braves. You see Freddie Freeman um, not producing at the highest level, MVP level he did last year. And then you think to yourself, it's like, how can they get better? 
How, how there's no way you can't get a Ronald Acuna at the trade market. You can't get him just randomly from a trade. And even if you did, you you you're expecting a Braves team that had Acuna already to do better. Like I just don't see it happen. Sometimes, hey, there's been times where you see a team and they lose one of their best players and they all of a sudden go on a winning streak. It, it could happen. But you're gonna be he's gonna be gone the whole season. He's not coming back for the playoffs. He's not coming back for any of that. So yeah, we all had the the Braves to win the division, and I I highly doubt that it happens. No, yeah, it's you lose Acuna, you lose Osuna, you don't have Soroka again. Is how how can you replace those two bats? A pitching arm. More like, how can you even replace Acuna, right? You can't. There's nobody else like them, like him anywhere else. If I were the Braves, you're just gonna have to go with the season. See what happens. If they still think they can make a move and figure out they could maybe hit the playoffs somehow, some way, then hey, go for it. But it, but see, it goes back to it goes back to the same question you had last week: is can they win the World well, Series? Well, no, but see, the 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 thing that we had last week was, you know, the Braves are not in the same position as Nationals with Scherzer or the Cubs with all their players, and so the Braves don't necessarily have to do anything; they can just stay together, and majority of the team is going to come back next year, anyways. So they still have their core guys. But they could probably go get somebody and not have to worry about. Let me put it this way. If I was the Braves, I would not go for a rental. There is no point. You're not going for it. You're not going to win. So rental is out of place. But why not go get somebody that will work for your team? Let's just say they go get somebody like... uh, uh, let's say Cattell Marte from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, I'm not saying they are, but somebody like that that's good, that has value, you might have to trade some prospects, but you're not just going to have him for this year. You're going to have him for another year or two after that. So that's the kind of Braves player you should go get. You know, even if they make a run or not this year or not, it doesn't really matter. Build for the future still, not just this year. Yeah, I think that's the game plan that they're going to have to do. Um, I don't think they have a choice. I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think he, the Braves are actually going to win anything anymore. So now we go from the beginning of the season where the NL East is the strongest division. Now we have a team like the Nationals that are almost about to start selling everybody and their mama. The Braves losing everything and their mamas. The only players they have left is Albies and Freeman to hold ground. I mean, they have Swanson and and Austin Riley and, and players like that, right? But, you know, they need Acuna. They need the pitching. They need all that in order to compete, and now they're gone. So I think the Marlins are playing better baseball than, than the Braves and the Washington Nationals. So um, you have those two teams that are about to sell everybody off. Now the national the National League East is looking weak. 
Now we look at the um, National League West that has the number one team in all of baseball to this point. It's halfway through the season. We're at the no, All-Star break. Halfway through the and season. the Giants are still Yeah, but the, you know, it's the All-Star break. You know, technic I mean you get what I mean. The Giants hold the number one position in baseball. Nobody mm. predicted that. I don't care who it is. Nobody predicted. Giant fans didn't predict mm. that. And if they did, they're lying. Pretty much. Um yeah, you actually have the number one team in baseball and the number two team in baseball right behind them and the number three team in baseball right behind them. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you, you, you can have a you big debate you, of who's number you, three, you. but it's it's crazy how all three teams are right there. Pretty much neck to neck to neck. Just for fun. And we'll keep it in the National League. I'm not going to involve American League team right now. Who wins in a series right now, Milwaukee or San Diego? That's very, very hard. Now, I want to answer this question to the best of my ability, so I'm going to give you two answers. If they play in San Diego, Milwaukee wins. If they play in Milwaukee, San Diego wins. Does that make any sense? Yes. Um, you're you're saying because Milwaukee's pitching will yes, hold better in San course. Diego, but Milwaukee's pitching will still hold in Milwaukee, right? Because obviously they've been doing great, but the Padres' offense is no joke either, and Milwaukee is a hitter's ballpark, so their their offense could explode there. So, but if they play more games in San Diego, then you know that's that's a little harder, especially when you got those three guys up there. All right, next one. Uh, might as well, we'll make it a little fun segment. San Francisco versus the Mets right now. Who wins? Ooh, that one's pretty hard. Um, honestly, I would have to take. Honestly, I honestly I think I will have to take the Giants. Yeah, I got the and the only reason I say it, the um, only reason I say that is because I think the experience wins. I, that's that's what I'm going to have to go off with. Well, it, let's be fair. In a, Well, actually, I don't know because DeGrom hasn't been pitching the greatest pitching lately, you know, so. Um, but, if they take game one, let's say the Mets win game one. I'm like, how, 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 are they, how are they going to win two more games? Assuming it's a, you know, three out of five. It is a close it one. It is a close I, one, I do though. agree it's a close one. I, st- I still take the Giants, but, yeah, it's a close one. Let's move on. Let's do let's do another one. Let's do uh, Tampa Bay versus the Houston Astros. I think Tampa Bay wins. Really? Yeah. I think, yes. Okay, the Astros are winning. They're on this phenomenal run. I get it. But... At the end of the day, like pitching wins, and and you think and you think Houston has more pitching than no, Tampa, I think Bay. Tampa Bay has more pitching than Houston. Oh, that is that no, what I said? You said the other way around. Yeah, I'm oh. gonna have to go. I'm, I okay. would have to go with Tampa Bay. I mean, remember 
remember last year the what was the championship series the American League championship series the the Rays had the Astro three and zero, and they went all the way to Game Seven. Now, yeah, cool. They you know they managed to win three games in a row, and the Astros had a pretty good run. I mean, they were about to do something pretty crazy, right? But the the Rays they just they just figure it out all the time, regardless of what they got, and their offense is better this year than it was last year. You know, you know, talking about offense, Houston's offense is off the charts. Like up and down that lineup, you, I don't think you could find a weak spot. You can find it. That's what the Rays are good at. Where? Where? I don't know. That's the race. <laughs> I I can't do it. I can't really think, tell think you. Think about, think about, think about, um. Maybe they're, they're catching, maybe. Might be their weakest link. Okay. But you're talking about Altuve, Gurriel, Michael Brantley, Kyle Tucker, Correa, uh, Alvarez as their DH. Well, look, I'm not saying Houston's are whack. I'm just saying. No, no, no. Yeah, know, yeah. I think the Rays will figure it out and do what they got to do to win the game. Now, I'm not saying Zach Greinke is going to come out. And pitch phenomenal, but it's just if you compare pitching to pitching, like I would take the race. Now hitting and hitting, of course, right. Astros win that one. But don't sleep on the Rays' offense either. I think I think just right. I think now just overall the Rays are a better overall team. In my opinion. Yeah, I I had the Rays too. I I just wanted to make conversation but uh the next one we got the last one we got that we can move on we have boston and the white Sox. who wins in that the white Sox. yeah that was quick that one was quick yeah but i agree let's throw I a think, curve in there no what's what the if, curve what, then don't say what Scherzer. if chris sell comes back oh I, isn't he in yeah, the process he, he of is in back? the process of coming back you know, you know, even if Chris Sale came back, I still choose the White Sox. The White Sox have way too much pitching. But they, like, I, well, yeah, that's why I picked them. But um, even with Chris Sale, I think they win. I, I think um, it was just. I think Boston is holding their own. It'd be very interesting, though. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, that's. I think that's another one like the Brewers, not the Brewers, the Giants and the Mets. It's like a close game. It'll be a good, good series to watch. Um, but let's um, right now that we're talking about you know just games in general and who would win and who would do that. Um, I just want to make a quick statement about the rule change that Rob Manfred has been talking about, and I we I, I, I don't know if you remember we mentioned um, about the seven innings right. and how 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 would it be if we would have seven inning games as a as an everyday game. And we talked about how to change stats and how stats, um, it would have to start fresh, right? All the stat books would start fresh from this moment as soon as that stat change. I mean, that, that rule that rule changed, okay. you know? And I told you how because the rule changed already for doubleheaders, how they're seven innings. Since the rule changed, stats are already being altered. 
right? Because if it's a doubleheader and you're only playing seven, you're missing minimum. two innings. Every doubleheader, you're missing two innings. Yeah, minimum. And that's two innings of whatever stat a player's getting. And as small as it might seem, the stats are already being altered. There's no way you can say that the 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 stats for most innings pitch is going to ever be beat again. You know, just because of everything. Some being may altered. argue that it's not enough time to say it makes a significant, you know, contributions to somebody somebody's stats. So let's just say the seven innings have only, I mean, think about it. 2020 already made a huge day on everybody's stats because you only played 60 games. You missed out on what? 102. So yes, yes, yes so, and no, but, but see, you, you, you want to go back, you want to go back in, in, in war times, right? Ted Williams, he stopped. Right. Yeah. And everybody knows like, um, what if he never went right? All those players. But see, that's everyone. Exactly. But that's everyone. We're talking about the 1995 strike. There was a whole season that didn't get played. You know, so... Yes, and a lot of people will make the so, argument, if it weren't for that, King Griffey Jr. were probably were broke. You know, the 61 home run mark by Barry Ruth. He would have done it that year. You know, Tony Gwynn was on pace to do some great, incredible as well. Like, all these things that could have happened. Right? So, what I'm saying is... I get what you're saying on that, but people might just come back and say, you know what, like, it's not enough time. But let's just say it went for five years. And then, like, okay, you know what, we don't need it no more. Bye. I think the argument could be made, like, you know what, these stats changed because of that. But the fact that we played 60 games last year, and then this year, halfway through the season, we've, how many games have really been played? only seven innings it's like it's i don't think it's enough to say it's a huge stat changer huge stat changer but it could be if it would have kept going okay fair argument um but like i said it was it's a small thing that's happening um they planning on changing it back to nine innings after i mean after this season's over so we'll see what they end up uh, agreeing to uh, quick question for you okay Cole Hamels where's Nowhere. he going <laughs> no he going somewhere the, at first you know the first thing that I thought the first thing that I thought when I heard about Cole Hamels and him trying to come back was the Braves believe it or not but now for sure Cole Hamels is not going to the Braves um okay so the main question is what is what does he want to do or is he open to everything because that makes a big difference he wants to win why would he want to go to a team just okay because he wants to win yes but what if he wants to go and have a good two months of baseball and get himself his last contract at least for one two more years give himself like another 18 million Uh, he could do that maybe maybe we don't know exactly but what if he's like you know what i just want to come back and play I'll do whatever you want me to do to help the team win. If he's coming with that mentality, then yes, it's a big difference because there's a lot of ball clubs out there that can use another pitcher, long reliever, short reliever too. Somebody come in for an inning and that's it. Like He could be used in so many different ways. 
I think I think in Cole Hamill's situation, there's two things that could have happened. One, he signs a minor league deal during the offseason before the season started. And two is what he's doing now. He waited till the middle of the season because he knows, he knows that in the middle of the season, teams are desperate for pitching, teams are desperate for innings, and this is what he's doing. He decided to wait for the halfway through the season, and it's a smart move. But see, there's no way a team signs him for two years. There's no way. Maybe a desperate team will say, hey, I'll pay you a major league contract for the rest of this year. And that's what he's hoping for. He's, he doesn't want to sign a minor league contract. And definitely he doesn't want to play for a team that's not being looked at. In, in other words, a team that's not going to make the playoffs. So he's going to go to a team that gives him the best shot. Now, another thing too is, I heard, isn't he a SoCal kid? He is a SoCal kid. Okay, so now you talk about SoCal. Now let's talk about teams down there. The A's are one. First of all, the A's are oh, they're more Northern NorCal. California. Yeah, they're, they're not more NorCal. They're in yeah, NorCal. Well, they're NorCal. Okay. Uh, the San Francisco Giants, they're NorCal. But the point is it's, it's, it's west, right? It's okay. in the west side. The Dodgers, San Diego. You know, we're, we're talking about one, two, three, four teams, right? Four? Right. Four teams that can use them, and they're all in the West Coast. So, with that being in mind, where does he go? If I had to pick team, I'm going to have to go and pick the team with the biggest need. And that is the Dodgers. Now, if you look at the San Francisco rotation and the A's rotation, they're fine. Now, can they use the Cole Hamels? Everybody can use some type of Cole Hamels for like two months. That's fine. He's because if you're not, you're not getting the young Cole Hamels. You're getting somebody that's going to eat you with some innings, and you can use them in the playoffs with that experience. But he's not. If you sign Cole Hamels thinking he's going to be your number one starter in the playoffs, then you're probably not making the playoffs. But if you look at all the teams that we mentioned, and even. Even the Angels could probably use them as well. Well, I mean, they have no pitching. So, yeah, they could use them. But, and realistically looking at all the teams, the Dodgers, we don't know what's going to happen with this whole Trevor Bauer. So, they lost a starter. They've already lost us to May earlier in the year. Now, if you look at their starting rotation now, they do have Walker Bueller. They do have Julio Urias. Clayton Kershaw is in the IL right now. As far as I know, his results came clean from his elbow. So we don't even know how he's going to come back from now or is it going to affect them down the line. Tony Gonsolin came back as well. And he um, also went through some type of injury earlier this year. So if anybody can use another starter, would be the Dodgers. Even a long reliever. Because, as far as I can tell, David Price started a game, and they might push him to become another starter as well. So, if anybody's short of pitching, it's the Dodgers. And I won't be surprised if we see Cole Hamels in a Dodgers uniform in about a week or two. Just, like I said, he's not going to be the number one, number two, or number three. Hey, he's probably not going to be number four. But the last thing you want to do is push those guys because you don't have a number five. 
You know, you know, I, I think can the Dodgers use a Cole Hamels? Yes. But okay, two things here. I don't I don't think the Dodgers need Cole Hamels. They can use Cole Hamels. Now, I think the reason he goes to Dodgers is because Dodgers have deep pockets. And if they're willing to give Cole Hamels any kind of contract to finish off the season with with them, I think he'll do it. And I think that's the only reason Cole Hamels goes to the Dodgers, because the Dodgers say, here you go, we'll pay you, regardless of need or not need. But I don't think he's the best fit with the Dodgers. I don't think Cole Hamels benefits the Dodgers the most. I actually think that he would benefit a team like San Francisco or the Mets. Well, I I messed up by saying only West Coast teams, right? But I think he benefits somebody more like San Francisco because, remember, and we talked about this before, what makes San Francisco the best team of the first half is their pitching. But if you look at their pitching, they're, they're playing way above their head. And we understand that. So if San Francisco ever wants to continue this success, they have to understand that our, is their rotation going to continue what they did in the first half and the second half? And can they consistently do it the rest of the second half? And the answer is no. That's not going to happen. So the San Francisco Giants uh, record right now is not going to repeat. Think about it. They're 57 and 32. The Giants right now. That makes them 114 wins. So you're telling me that this Giants team is going to win 114 games? And I could answer that real quick and I'm going to say no. They're not. They're not. Their pitching is not going to hold up. So with that in mind, and I'm pretty sure that the front office is having this conversation. Because they're, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're realistic with everything. They have to understand that they need help in order to finish the season strong. And I think somebody like Cole Hamels could help them become on more overall rotation than just a three-man uh, rotation. That's what I think. Well, I mean, he did have his um, his showing. And to be honest, I haven't really looked into it and how he did or what, or what scouts no, I don't think I don't think he's done it yet. I think he's on the 16th. Oh, was it? I thought he did it already. I'm pretty sure it's on the 16th. I'm gonna have to look it up. But and, and then again, you know, we're we're making it seem like Cole Hamels is the best pitcher in the world. You know, he's just gonna be there to help a team get some innings. Go go get through some the innings. season. Yeah, yeah, that's that, yeah, a lot of sure. teams can so, use that. Yeah. That's why I said if um, uh, you expect to be the Cole Hammer of old, then you're not gonna make the playoffs. If he's gonna, you're thinking he's gonna no. be your number one. Your number one ace, yeah. So, uh, you know, we're talking about a lot, a lot about pitching, and you mentioned the Angels, and I want to briefly talk about the draft and what the Angels did. What did the Angels do? Now you know how I feel about the Angels, and if anybody's ever heard me talk about the Angels, they understand how angry the Angels get me. And how they've wasted Mike Trout, and they're gonna waste Otani. Well, actually, no. Well, with the, what I'm about to say, maybe they're trying to help Otani, right? Because it's crazy how you have two almost unanimous MVPs for years 
you went from Mike Trout, now you're going to Otani, and you're not going to make the playoffs, right? At the end, sometimes it makes me feel like these players don't even care if they make the playoffs or not as long as they get paid, you know? Like, it, it kind of pisses me off sometimes. So, what the Angels did is they finally started understanding that they need pitching. The Angels drafted every single player they drafted was a pitcher. 30 players, 30 draft picks, all pitchers. Think about that. Okay. Now, you think one of them is going to be good? <laughs> it's, it's a numbers game, right? If they don't, hey, hey, if they don't, they need to fire whoever's scouting these players because, man. So, I mean... What can you say about that? I mean, okay, now this is an amateur draft, right? So it's not like an actual draft draft. Like you're now in the Angels organization and you're going AAA next week. Like it, that's not the way it works. The player, yeah, the player or slash high school player needs to agree to said contract, whatever it is. And yes. it's high school players, obviously. You know, some of them may be like, you know what? Yeah, I think I can do it. They'll go directly into their minor league system. Or they can decline or go to college. Same thing with the college players. They could continue to stay in college and be like, you know what? I'm only a junior. I want to finish my senior year out. Because just maybe they're in college. So they're like, you know, I'm one year away from getting my degree in whatever they chose to study. So it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's going to take a lot. Now... You say they drafted 30 guys. I don't know. Obviously, for a fact, I know for a fact they're not going to have all 30 guys in their minor league system. That's that. That's not going to happen. Some of them are going to opt out. Some of them are going to want to stay. Some of them want to go to college. Some of them want to stay in college. Whatever. But, I mean, regardless if they stay or they go, they set a record. Now, remember, the whole conversation is about what what has been holding the angels back and obviously they haven't spent money on starting pitching and they're now it shows that they're trying to develop pitching and the only way to develop is by okay, drafting now, or by now, trading even though okay let's just say they get 15 guys right i'm just throwing a number out there they get 15 guys out of 30 the other 15 guys go back into the draft for next year or who knows and let's just say three of them are like we're seniors in college, right? So seniors in college tend to be a little bit more polished. So they'll, they'll go directly into like single A, double A, right? Depending on their, you know, their accolades and attributes and what type of player they are. That's still going to take some time for them to get developed enough to say, okay, you are now officially ready for Major League Baseball. That would take at least another two to three years, depending on the player and how ready they are. So what, what's, what are the Angels going to do until then? Obviously, we're only basing off this draft right now, but they still got two or three years of development left. What are they going to do in between? The next two or three years, they still don't have any pitching. So, 
maybe maybe they're willing maybe they're willing to spend some money for now um i mean they showed willingness to spend money maybe they pick up somebody like scherzer right or they like, probably go get the point is the point is the point is either they're gonna waste otani and the rest of mike trout and wait for these guys to develop or they sign players that can push them to the direction they need to go but we understand that the direction is with pitching and if they don't sign pitching they're never going to do anything with the offense they have because otani even though he's having a monster year he's not going to do it himself yeah and almost <laughs> i mean the fact that he's pitching and hitting but now nah, he, he everybody needs backup everybody you can't just rely on one guy. This I mentioned it before. This is not basketball. You know, one guy can't carry the team, and even then, you know, he he needs everybody needs help on the field. And I don't know. It all depends. the The Angels are gonna have this off season to figure out what they what they're gonna do. You know, because if the if the Angels have Mike Trout right now, healthy. They'll probably be better off than they already, than they were, than they are now. I mean, if you if you if you look at them, they're one game above 500 right now, right? One game. If they had Mike Trout, honestly, they'll probably be like four or five games above 500, and they will probably be somewhere close to 50 wins, and that makes all the difference right there. That makes all the difference. And that means if they do go get another pitcher or two this offseason, it makes all the difference. I mean, you got to understand, also, Rendon got hurt, too. Rendon. Did I get that right? Yeah, right. Rendon. Anthony Rendon. And so, you know, it's the fact that they have one pitcher that makes all the difference for them. So I don't know. And now I mentioned this again, you know, before we move on from this subject, I'm going to mention it one more time. Maybe they have something planned for this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, there's only one way we find out. And I almost guarantee that it's not one of the shortstops. It has to be pitching. And I want to see them take action because we've been waiting for them to take action. They sign Rendon instead of Cole, and and I I've heard arguments. I've had conversations with people when they say, "Well, Cole really wanted to be a Yankee, so there was no choice." No, there was a choice. The Angels could have paid him more if they really wanted him. Um, but talking about pitching, talking about Scherzer, talking about uh, these guys, the All Star Game is has initiated. I'm not sure if you're yes. aware. They're in the second inning. American League is winning. 1-0. Max Scherzer pitched a good first inning, and um, right now Corbin Burns is fucking up. He um, he has he has two hits. He has a walk a walk already. They scored with the run off of him on um, on uh, Marcus Samian's uh, single. So that's what's going on right now with them. And um, well, let me now that we're in the subject of this. Um... You know, me being more than a baseball fan than anything. Because uh, you mentioned earlier you watch baseball. And your second sport, I guess you would say, is basketball. But mine is opposite. Um, My 
number one sport to go to is baseball. And then it's football. Now, one of the things about football is the most boring thing to ever take place is the Pro Bowl. It sucks. Talk about boring, right? It came to a point where people were even talking about just what's the point? Like, what's the point of having a Pro Bowl? Which is technically, you know, the all-stars of NFL. Why? Because they don't play hard. They don't really tackle. They don't they don't play like if it's an actual football game. Why? Because that game has zero percent meaning to anything. Nothing. It has zero nothing. No there's no benefit from it other than showing up and being there for the fans of whoever decides to show up and watch. But baseball I think has one good thing for it, the home run derby, obviously. It was fun yesterday. Shout out to Mr. Peter Alonzo. Maybe he'll make another episode with media with Steven Nella, part two. But I actually hold on. I actually like his nickname. I I, I was reading an article about it. That, that was a really uh, it was called Repeat Alonzo. That was pretty clever. His name is Pete, so it's Repeat Alonzo. That yeah. was pretty badass. Anyways. Now, they're playing the All-Star game right now, right? Now, here's my opinion on it. It does suck that there's no meaning behind this game. It does suck that people opt out. It does suck that fans vote in people like Mike Trout that hasn't played for a very long time. There's a lot of things that suck about this All-Star game. I, I personally don't want it to become like the Pro Bowl for the NFL. Now, and I don't think it will ever happen to... I don't think it will ever happen. Why? Because baseball is, pay, is played very differently. Because football is very physical sport compared to baseball. Right? Like... Max Scherzer will still go out there and throw his 95-mile-per-hour 95, 95 fastball with his sliders, his changeup. He's not going to wimp out and be like, oh, you know, it doesn't mean anything. No, he's going up there and trying to get you out. And when you bat, it is the same thing. You're not going up there to strike out. You don't want to look ridiculous in front of everybody. The only thing that I'm saying is let's figure out or what can we do? I'm not saying me and you, but you know, I'm gonna put you in the commissioner's seat again. You are now official commissioner of baseball, Gonzo from Pine Tar Nation. What can you do, or what will you do, to make this All Star game or future All Star games to have value, to make the players play? to the closest possible like if it's like game seven of the world series you know i i haven't thought about that and um you did catch me off guard but i have a couple things that i want to talk about and and going based off what you just asked me first thing i would try to do and i would seriously try to make this happen you know how they have the celebrity all-star game right. i would legitly do a alumni 
ex MLB player, only MLB players, home run derby. And make it less time. But think about this. You bring back players like Big Poppy, and maybe you, you don't have to do a whole fence. Maybe you cut it down, make it shorter. So you're saying like a softball? No, 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 no. Real baseballs, them go up and swing and, and play their own home run derby. Okay. Not not at the same level as, as, as Pete Alonso's doing it, obviously, but have their separate home run derby, just an extra an extra thing that they do uh, before the actual home run derby. Like, like, I think that would be super badass for old fans, for new fans. Think about this really quick. Think about all the kids that never saw King Griffey Jr. play. And all they see in his highlights. And I'm not saying King Griffey Jr. could still do it. But if you told King Griffey Jr., hey, you want to get in shape, get ready for the home run derby for the All-Star game. Like, these guys are okay, athletes. Now, it's like, it's no, okay, yeah. sorry. I, I didn't want to cut you off. But now, as you're playing commissioner, I'm going to play the skeptic, right? Now, the people you want to come back and play in this home run derby are legends. People will always remember yep. them as the fielders they were. Now, for instance, everybody knows King Griffey Jr. He won it twice. Everybody remembers him as the backwards hat kid, right? Like, every time we go to the batting cages, until I put my hat backwards, and I think I'm King Griffey Jr. Like, it's that would never go away. But... If I had a, how can I put it? If you're if you're the commissioner and you're bouncing off ideas off of people, because yeah, obviously this is an idea. I personally would make make it a softball home run derby. Because the last thing, but the yeah, last yeah, thing well, you want to well, do is have King Griffey Jr. hit one home run because technically he might physically not be able to do it. Maybe he can. But the last thing you want to do is, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of my fans. You get what I mean? No, I get that. And, I, and that's why I said maybe make, you know how in, in, in Little League, they put a fence. The home run fence is, is pushed right. in with like, um, you know, and in, in obviously it, it would have to be if there's going to be enough volunteers. Which I think they would be. If I was a retired ex-baseball player, it doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer. I would want to do but it. But I will say this, though. Um, all, you have to, all you have to do to qualify, all you have to do is qualify is to be an ex-MLB player. That's it. All that I'm saying is, did you see King Griffey Jr. at the Homer Derby yesterday? Yes. I don't know. I don't know if uh, he'll be able to take some some good swings. I, I don't know. The last thing you want to do is somebody going up there and slipping a disc of some sort and um nah i think i think it's motivation i think it's fun i honestly i think it's it like be cool. celebrity also it's like it's like the celebrity also right. game in, in in right there's there's ex-baseball players well, playing there and yeah, they don't look the was being catcher yeah like yeah no like I, I i i get what your point but i think i will make it into a softball you know Somewhere in mid, a softball something like derby? that, yeah, yeah. Maybe not real baseballs, yeah, I get that. But that, that's all I'm saying. It's just the last thing, the last thing people want to do is embarrass legends, if I could put it that way. Yeah, softball, softball home run derby, guys. 
Rob Manfred, softball home run derby for anyone that's an ex MLB yes. player. Ken Griffey now, Jr. versus Mark The next thing. Let's go. And, and I don't know how this would happen, or I don't know what kind of way this would, would go about, but if they're not playing for for anything in the All-Star game, because they're not anymore, they used to play for um, home field advantage, American League, National League, but they no longer do that. And I don't think there's anything that they can actually play for that's significant. So, and, and I would try to do something more in the in the sense of, Figuring out a way to involve the fans a lot more. I don't know how. Like I said, I try to I'll try to figure something out during the week, and maybe I'll have the conversation next podcast. But the point is, involve the fans in a different way, in a more real way. Um, that way, kids, teenagers that that inspire to be baseball players get involved. I don't know how. But you cannot tell me as a teenager, as a kid, loving the game of baseball would not be inspired tremendously by being involved in somehow being on the field and, and being able to be present in an all-star game. If, if anything else, get the young kids to be inspired okay. somehow. Skeptic. Skeptic, here comes again. Now you're playing... You're paying a ticket to watch the All-Stars or are you paying a ticket to watch kids? No, 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 no. Not not for kids to right, play. Right. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying, saying I'm just saying. I'm saying I'm I'm saying like um in, in a way to to get them involved. Not not in playing. Not not playing, but like like make it to like, I mean just a quick thought that's coming to my head right now, right? It's like in the stands, like literally before the game starts, um, you start choosing, you know, you get a player, one of the players goes out to the stands, you know, players go out to the stands and picks kids out of the stands and say, hey, do you want to come to the field with me? And they get, each player gets a, play, a, a kid, a kid that comes out on the field and sits on the bench throughout the whole game. Money. Something like that to where now it's you, they give them a jersey, you're National League, you're American League, and they're rooting for the team to play. Right. You know, something like that. That's the first thing that came to my head. They're rooting on the bench. But the point is they're there with the players rooting for the team to win. Now they have something to play for. Now now they feel like they're part of something. And, I mean, it's 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 hard. But that's that was my first thought. Yep. Now, moving on from this, um, because we know for damn sure none of that shit is going to change. But um, quick question. Don't take too long. Who wins the MVP in the All-Star game? Oh, now that it just started? Um, wait, it's 1-0. I picked Marcus Samian. He has an RBI mm, and a hit already. I doubt <laughs> it. I'm not saying he won't. But um, you know what? I'm going to say Nolan Arenado. <laughs> Arenado, he's going to win the MVP in Coors Field as a as a Cardinal. Imagine, 
That'd be funny. Even though he's over one right now, but you never know. He might come back and hit, hit like a two run shot, and that's it. That's all it takes. I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm gonna pick Tatis. Tatis. He's uh, he's big time. He he doesn't shy away from the spotlight. I think he hits a bomb next at bat. Well, we'll see. I guess. All right. Well, guys, I want to introduce you to a new segment. Um, we're gonna bring in our closer, aka Ricky V. Let him know what's up. Yep. I throw about 98 miles per hour with a cutter, a slider, and a changeup. Anyways, so as people may notice, every episode that comes out on our Instagram, we have a baseball player that represents the episode as per their number. So obviously, if it's episode two, three, four, we find a baseball player that wore that number that was very significant in baseball. Now, if you guys go back to our Instagram, you'll see. Other than number one, right? Because that's our first episode. We put our logo. But starting since number two, and we've gone all the way up to number 19. And this episode is our episode number 20. Now, believe it or not, episode 20 and looking for these guys, is there's so many number 20s that I had no idea. So I'm going to give you guys a uh, the runner-ups. And then I'm going to talk about the guy that we chose. So our number four is Lou Brock. Right? Lou Brock obviously was a phenomenal player. Somebody is better. We got Don Sutton, phenomenal pitcher. We also got Mike Smith, also wore number 20. But to represent us in Python Nation... For our episode 20, we chose Frank Robinson. 1982 Hall of Fame inductee. He was the greatest ever to play the game, some say. Right? To wear number 20. He won the Triple Crown in 1966. And he was the first ever player to win the MVP in both American League and National League. You know, that's when he played for the Reds and he played with the Orioles. He was a 14-time All-Star, obviously two-time MVP. And later, of course, becomes to be the first black manager in Major League history. And that would pretty much do it. And that pretty much Frank Robinson represents Pine Tar Nation for episode 20. And that brings us to the end of the podcast. Peace out, Pintar Nation.